The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 80 podcast i'm one of your hosts my name is tack and with me as always is the other host of the show jimmy clack a velkomen velkomen to you and on this podcast we celebrate the iconic tv show the brady bunch as we break down the bunch one episode at a time what we do jimmy as you know oh yeah we take the episode every week we break it down episode by episode we pretend that we're sick so it'll come visit us and when mm. it does we don't feel bad or learn any lessons. All for you, the listener. Because that's how much you mean to us. <laughs> On today's episode, we take a look at Season 5, Episode 2, entitled Mail Order Hero. Ooh. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Ready Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, Paramount Plus, and... Uh, Amazon Prime! Prime. That was a good one. Yeah. So what's going on? Not a whole lot. That was probably... Sorry, I'm adjusting my mic. That was probably the smoothest opening we've had in a long time. (laughs) That was... That was good. I, I felt that one. You, you know like that like, one? It was natural. Yeah, it just came out. It was. Out, it was so supernatural. Like, we didn't have to do it five times at all. It was supernatural? Whoa. Supernatural. It was like, ooh, <laughs> ghost. Stop it. Yeah, behind smoke and mirrors, that was actually my fifth attempt at like an <laughs> intro. And God, I was just one of those days. It just adds energy. It just adds energy. <laughs> So nothing's been going on with you this week? Nothing? Um, I went to Georgia. You went where? I went to a Georgia. I went to a small oh. town called Folkestone. Okay. And I felt terrible hmm. because one of your offspring uh, yeah. messaged me and, or commented on my Facebook and said, oh my God, that's right near Kings Bay, which I didn't realize it was near Kings Bay. I, uh-huh. I didn't know. Um, so next time we go up there, I'm going to make sure I, you know. Is it though? Like, invite. how far is it from there? I have no idea, but according to her, like, it's close. How far is it from the Florida border? From the Florida border, maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> You're like right there at like St. Mary's. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I never associated it with Kings. I don't know why I never associated with Kings Bay. Hmm. But it's what the way we take is we take 95, yeah. right? Then we take 295. Oh, in Jacksonville? Yeah. And then you get off of 295, and it's like maybe. 30 minutes down the road. Mm. So it's a little more more like inland. It's not there along 95. It's like more west. Yeah. Gotcha. So how far away are you from the beach when you hit Georgia? Uh, I'm not sure. Do you know where the Okefenokee Swamp is? No. Oh. I'll have to look it up on a map and see. I'm not sure how close it is, but according to your daughter, it's very close. Yeah. She's like, it's right here. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all good. We did some train watching. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you stayed like in a cabin where that's literally what the cabin is for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for, it's decorated like, you know, for railroading and stuff like that. And 
It even has a title. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the railway cabin or something like that. If you're hmm. in the, the rail community, like it's, it's a known place. It's, you know, yeah. people stay there all the time. You know, it's right there on the tracks. Well, not on the mm-hmm. tracks. That would be dangerous, but it's yeah. pretty neat. Um, and I, I brought you back a railroad spike. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. I thought how cool it would be if we, if we powder coated one, like, like chrome or black. It'd be neat. Can you powder coat chrome? I mean, well, I have chrome. chrome, but can you powder coat it to be chrome? They have, it's, it's colored chrome. It's, it's not really a chrome process or a nickel right. plating process, but it, it looks like chrome. Chrome is more really of a chrome. chemical reaction, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some people chrome stuff. It's a pretty cool process. Yeah. 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 I've got, like I said last week, I got a powder coating kit for Christmas last, uh, this past Christmas. And I'm just looking for stuff to powder coat. So I might powder coat, I might powder coat a, um, a railroad spike and see how it looks. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Look at me like grinning like an idiot. Like, like it's some kind of special thing I'm doing. Like it is a special thing you're doing. <laughs> I guess. But I mean, it's, <laughs> I, apparently if you're on railroad tracks, like you see railroad spikes all the time, like they're all over the place, but <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was cool. It's like, cool. It looks like a real river. It's like, I'm John Henry. <laughs> looks, like you know, a, kind of looks like a real one. <laughs> looks like a real life one. They have every once in a while up there, they have like scrap rail that just, I guess they cut it and they just leave it on the side track or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I saw one and it was only like maybe, I don't know, a foot and a half long. Yeah. And I could barely lift it. Like it's insane <laughs> how heavy those things are. <laughs> it's crazy. So wow. I just, I just had to say that. So what about you? How was your week? Anything special happen? Uh, Well, (laughs) I think I may have fractured my tibia. Quit playing. (laughs) Well, as you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, as you know. (laughs) Damn, I should have said, if you don't want to tell us, just say so. You don't have to be sarcastic. (laughs) Well, I went to my storage facility last Wednesday and I had to get some stuff out of the storage, and I was climbing all over stuff, and then I took a nasty fall, and then my left shin just scrapes across this table. Hardcore, all my weight just boom. And then I, it was like the worst pain I'd ever felt, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, and my son was with me. He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like, son, let me finish my pain first. And then <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate you asking, but shh. And so... <laughs> <laughs> I like tried to walk it off and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. It's like worst pain I've felt in years and years. It was really bad. And then after like a minute or two, I started walking, started feeling a little bit better. I could start, I could walk on it. But then I looked down at my shin and I can tap my shin bone and it was like liquid. <laughs> I can oh, see lovely. it going like, bloom, bloom. I was like, well, that's not what you want. <laughs> I was like, <clears throat> It's like, and when I wiggled my toes, I could feel it on my knee. Like, well, that's not a good sign. <laughs> no, no. But then, uh, so I, I got what I, I finished what I had to do. Got back home and decided, you know what? I need to like ice this and elevate it, and just for the day, and see what happens. So all day long, it was super painful, horrible pain all day long. But then around I don't know six, seven o'clock at night, because this happened like in the morning. Um, started to feel better. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. All right. And it started <laughs> to look a little bit better. And I was like, maybe I just bruised my bone. I'm, I think I'm going to be all right. And so the next day, um, 
it was looking even better and feeling so much better. I was like, Boom. this is awesome. Hell like yeah. I, I stood up. I could walk around. No pain. No nothing. I was Damn like, right. I was like, hell yeah. So I was feeling good. And I was like, nice. Perfect. And then uh, and then it started getting worse again. <laughs> <laughs> then all this bruising showed up. First, it started as a tiny little area bruise. And now it's... Anyway, cut to now. My whole leg is completely bruised out. Really? Oh, yeah, all the way down to my foot. <laughs> and I have apparently what's called a fracture blister. Right and I, I'll be honest, I had never heard of that before. Me neither. <laughs> I've had two so, broken bones. I know you've had one in the past, and neither one has ever had any blisters from it. <clears throat> and lucky for me, they're rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That means it's like finding, like, gold. Yeah. So I've had this blister for a few days now, and it's not going down. It's really freaking annoying. And now it's, the pain is starting to come back. And I just assume it's fractured because of the fracture blister. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't been to the doctor. I know I should. I just can't. So <laughs> I'm giving mm-hmm. it a few more days to see what happens. And if nothing happens, then I'm going to have to suck it up and go to the ER or something. Right. Damn. Yeah. So I guess you didn't realize what the day had in store for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just made that up. It was off the top of my head. <laughs> 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 that's messed up <clears throat> that is messed up stop it <laughs> stop it All so right. what Go so ahead. what what was your opinions on this episode <laughs> you've been just twice now this is like a new season thing now yeah I guess. why not yeah right. season five might as well change i just sent it <laughs> um i liked it i mean when i first you know my thoughts are with like athletes and acting it's always bad but i thought Joe Namath's first scene, he actually did pretty good in. Yeah, um, I did too. Yeah, yeah. But then <clears> he started getting bad towards the end. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> so, I um, this whole episode, I kind of got the feeling like, like if you went to the county fair and they had some dude on stage, you didn't know who he was, and he'd walk out, and obviously all like he was famous at one time, but nobody knows who the hell he is now. But yeah. they have this demeanor about their walk on the stage, like, hey, huh? And like nobody's clapping, like nobody knows who the hell this guy is. That was kind of my reaction to this because he comes out and they have the special picture, like featuring Joe Namath. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then the first episode, he's like, eh? Eh? <laughs> like, wait. And, and I don't, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to carry the whole episode, is it? Like, <laughs> so it, it didn't <laughs> age well, in my opinion. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's like, hey, that's the mm. guy from that, what is it, the arthritis commercial order? <laughs> what is it aspirin no what is it i don't <laughs> remember you did do some commercials later i can't, I can't remember one. but yeah it's some kind of um um yeah some kind of commercial for uh arthritis that he does now i'm like hey it's your arthritis guy that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember every time i saw that commercial i always go wow joe name it you know i always try to do like a bobby impression every time i saw because i remember yeah. this episode as a kid so yeah who did he play for the jets Jets, yeah. I don't know he went to the Super Bowl one time and something like he promised he'd win or something, so then he had to win. I don't know. Something like that. I assume everybody promises that when they go to the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. Well, then he had like a like a pet bull and he had to make a bunch of railroad track. No, that's I'm getting into something on summer. Are you doing a bit? <laughs> or? No. <laughs> he got bit? What? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So, well... Well, this is where we take our first break, and when we come back, we're really going to break this down and get into it and 
you know, do some. We're gonna we're gonna do a podcast about the old gridiron. That's right, gridiron. That's good. Jay's gonna good be one. so proud of me. Good She's gonna one. be so proud of me because I brought that shit out. She's gonna be like, "Tech, you got an F." But Jimmy, you get a solid C minus because right. you knew what gridiron meant. That's right. Oh ah. yeah. All right, so we will be back. So we got the Brady Bunch season five, episode two, entitled Mail Order Hero. Mm. Facts about the episode. It first aired on September 21st, 1973. It was written by Martin Ragaway and directed by Bruce Bilson. Nice. Uh, According to IMDb, when Bobby calls the stadium to speak with Joe Namath, Mm -hmm. he leaves the family's phone number. 555-6161. That's the same number as the TV station Bobby calls to enter the ice cream eating contest on the Cartoon King TV show. It is also revealed in Getting Divvy Jones by Peter, but Greg cuts him off before he can finish. Hmm. I think that might be, I could be mistaken, and and some of you might be able to write in um, and kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but... um, I think it, it was either the that number is either information. Although here down down here in Florida it was five 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 one two one two. I think, oh, um, yeah. or it was the number that you called. And people are going to think I'm full of crap. The younger people are going to think I'm full of crap. But there used to be a number you could call that would tell you the time. <laughs> as strange as that sounds, and it'd be like the time is you know, uh, and I, that oh, might be the number to time tell the temperature. time. Yeah, it could be either it's either time or temperature or in the Los Angeles area, it's information. That way, if anybody heard, like, oh, I'm going to call the Brady Munch, they'd call it and it's just information. Like it's, yeah. There's been a lot of controversy about what their phone number is. They've said so many different numbers throughout the series. And I've watched them dial like their home phone number a few times and it's never the same number. It's almost <laughs> so. as if the show's not real. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, but you'd think that they would all agree on a telephone number. Yeah, that is a good point, though. You you would think that they would at least be consistent about it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Are there any other TV shows that reveal their phone number like that? ER nine one one. That's consistent through the whole thing. Yeah, they were really good about that. They were. They, they had it plastered on cars and ambulances and stuff. It's like, <laughs> man, you guys went the extra mile. That's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So you ready? I am ready. All right. So. We fade in. All right. Our story opens up with Bobby lying in bed fast asleep. He's smiling while dreaming. The sound of a crowd is heard as we see Bobby playing football for the New York Jets in his backyard. He huddles up next to NFL's Joe Namath and says, Okay, Joe, we've got time for one more play, and we need six big ones to win. (laughs) This is it, Joe. Joe Namath says, You mean the bomb? Bobby nods and says, The bomb. Joe says, Okay, on to ready? Then they break from the huddle and line up for the play. 
It's Bobby and Joe Namath versus seven kids Bobby's age in blue <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> Bobby bends over as Joe Namath comes up behind him. Whoa. <laughs> Joe calls out, 98, 77, 203, 207, 74, <laughs> 2. Square root of 41. <laughs> Bobby hikes the ball to Joe as he barrels through the other defense. After a few seconds, he breaks through and runs downfield. Joe looks around for an opening to throw, but a kid runs up for a sack. But Joe pushes him right out of the way. Hell yeah. Suddenly, Joe sees an opening and throws the ball to Bobby down the field. Bobby sees the ball and jumps way, way, way up in the air and catches the ball. He comes down, (laughs) fakes right, then goes left (laughs) in for a touchdown. Damn right. Joe Namath jumps for joy and runs over and picks up Bobby in celebration. Joe says, boy, I don't know how I'd ever get along without you, Bobby. Bobby laughs and says, neither (laughs) do I. As Joe and Bobby continue to celebrate their victory. (laughs) Bobby just smiles as he has his glorious moment with the man of his dreams, Joe Namath. Okay, a couple things. One is if some okay. kid was running running to get my sack, I'd shove him out of the way too. Um, <laughs> but two, why was Joe? I don't know if you noticed, but at the end of it, Joe Joe Namath was was had his arm around Bobby holding him, but his hand was like right on his like crotch. <laughs> you didn't notice that? No, I didn't notice that. So I thought that was kind of creepy. Um, the only <laughs> thing I could think of is obviously Bobby had spoiler alert. Bobby had a, a harness on. Obviously, you know, lift him up. So mm-hmm. he was probably holding him by the harness. That was my guess. <clears throat> um, but I also, I got curious in the scene about mm-hmm. what the black things were under football players' eyes. You mean like the makeup that they put yeah, yeah, yeah. on their cheeks? Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be for like sun glare. Or That's something. what they were saying. I thought it was just like a warrior thing or something, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scene two. The next day in the backyard, we see Bobby playing football with some of his friends. After playing for a while, Bobby says, I'm thirsty. Let's get a drink. Then all the boys head over to the hose and drink from it. Ooh. Chubby says, you know something? (laughs) What? I just called him Chubby. Oh, okay. I thought that was really his name. I thought I had missed it. (laughs) (laughs) But Chubby says, you know something? My dad's cousin was on the same plane with Hank Aaron all the way from Chicago. Bobby surprised says, yeah, another kid brags. That's nothing. I know someone who knows Lee Trevino's caddy. Mm. The other boy says, that's nothing either. My dad rode on the same elevator with Wilt Chamberlain and he stood right next to him. Mm. Bobby in shocks asks right next to him. The boy goes on, sure. My dad's shoulder was rubbing up against Wilt Chamberlain's knee. (laughs) His dick. (laughs) The boy then takes a drink from the hose. Funny because his mouth doesn't go anywhere near it. Then looks at Bobby and asks, hey, you don't know anybody important, do you? Bobby says, well, sure I do. Chubby asks, who? (laughs) Bobby, surprised at the follow-up question, panics and says, well, I don't like to brag, but let's play some more. Another kid insists and asks who Bobby looks down at his football and proudly says, Joe Namath. Hmm. Chubby asks the New York jets quarterback. 
<laughs> the other boy asks again, just in case he didn't hear correctly. You know Joe Namath. Bobby says, sure. I know him a lot. <laughs> Chubby, once again, trying to be the biggest nosy nose of Southern California, asks, well, how much is a lot? <laughs> Bobby thinks for a second and says, well, he always has dinner at our house whenever he's in town. The one boy asks, can we meet him next time? Then old Chubby jumps in and says, yeah, <laughs> could we please? Bobby says, well, sure. Next time he's in town. Why not? Hmm. Just then Cindy walks out with a basket of laundry. Bobby spots her and thinks this might be a good way to get out of the pickle he's in and says, time to wash up for dinner. Right, Cindy? Cindy confused says, dinner's not for another two hours. Hmm. Bobby says, oh, well, uh, I like to avoid the rush. You know, six kids, one bathroom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's an architectural nightmare. <laughs> Too bad my dad's not an architect. <laughs> say chirp, 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 <laughs> chirp. Bobby starts to head in, but the boys stop him. And one kid says, hey, listen, you must be really excited about next week, huh? Bobby asks why. The boy goes on, well, Joe Namath and the Jets are playing an exhibition game here in town. Bobby asks, next week? The boy confirms, yeah. Bobby says, oh, that's right. Chubby says, wow, we'll get to meet Joe Namath. Other kids say, I'm going to tell my dad. Then the boys all run off to share the good news to everyone they meet. Bobby just stands there and thinks about what he has done. Hmm. Uh, drinking from the hose. Remember the hose days? Hell yeah. I remember <laughs> them hose. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that hose. Yeah, I got a lot of hose. <laughs> Sorry. What? Putting your mouth on them hose. Hell yeah. We used to put our mouth on that hose all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Just um, drinking all them hose, man. I was thirsty. What's funny is if you, if you look at the kids, none of them actually drink from the hose. Their mouth is like four inches from it. Hmm. So I was kind of disappointed. I was like, what the hell? Why can't they let him drink from it? <laughs> um, was that a mid-episode freeze frame? Oh, I don't know. Did they freeze frame? I thought they did when when at the very end of it. I thought they just did a freeze frame. Of Bobby, unless Bobby's really good at standing still. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Because I was funny. expecting to read freeze frame. I was like, he didn't read yeah. freeze frame. So. But yeah, I remember that. I think we all remember the days drinking out of the hose and you had to wait like 10 seconds because the first water that come out was like fucking scalding hot. So you had to <laughs> yeah. wait for all the really scalding hot water. I mean, it was nice and cool water. You're right, like, oh, you oh. clean out the hose of the hose oh, yeah. water first. <laughs> Get that rubbery taste. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Scene three. Meanwhile, up in the attic room, Greg is looking through a paper <laughs> that Peter wrote and he says, well, this is good composition, Pete. How come you got a C minus? Peter says, read the last line. Greg reads, if George Washington <laughs> never told a lie, <laughs> how come he got so far in politics? They both just laugh. I know you were like, oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> just then Bobby comes up the stairs, still carrying his football. He says, hey, listen, guys, how'd you like to have Joe Namath over for dinner? <laughs> Peter lights up and says, hey, that'd be fantastic. Greg, developing his bullshit detector, skept skeptically says, when's he coming? <laughs> Bobby says, well, that depends. Peter asks, on what? Bobby says, on if either of you know him. <laughs> Greg laughs and says, have you flipped? 
What makes you think we know Joe Namath? Bobby thinks and reasons. Well, you guys are older and have more time to meet people. And I'm desperate. (laughs) (laughs) Greg, sympathizing with Bobby, says, Okay, Bobby, give. What happened? Bobby sighs and says, Well, all the guys were bragging about knowing superstars. Peter not helping ask. And you were stupid enough to say (laughs) you knew Joe Namath? Bobby says, I was even stupider. I told him he always has dinner at our house (laughs) when he's in town. Peter laughs and Greg sighs. Realizing the situation, he says, which will be next week for that exhibition game. Bobby says, yeah. What do you think I ought to do? Peter says, well, if you ever thought about running away and joining a circus, now would be a good time. Greg, still trying to be helpful, says, look, you've only got two choices, Bobby. Either you tell the truth or you produce Joe Namath. Bobby thinks for a moment. Greg adds, so I think I'd tell the truth before it gets any worse. Peter adds, right. Honesty is the best policy, especially when nothing else works. (laughs) The boys all chuckle. Bobby says, yeah, I guess I better go phone the guys. And he gets up and walks down the stairs. Hmm. So first, the first thing I noticed about the scene is Greg laughed way too hard at that and for way <laughs> too long. <laughs> like it almost come across as sarcasm. Like I was expecting Peter to go, okay, seriously. Okay. Stop. I get it. Like <laughs> I use George Washington a lot. I get it. Don't <laughs> fucking over laugh at it. And, um, also that football looked huge. <laughs> Didn't it? It looked like a freaking watermelon. Well, you know how like pro footballs are much bigger than like the ones that you and I would prefer to play with if we were throwing a football around in the backyard. Yeah, I guess they were, weren't they? Because <laughs> I remember like, hey, so football around, then somebody would always have, here you go, and they'd throw like a pro football. Right. I think it was like a fucking basketball. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I can't fucking hold this. This like, thing hurts when I catch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you don't I have a Nerf you, one? You can barely grip it. Your hand's like yeah. all the way open, and you're trying to, and now you're supposed to throw a spiral. And yeah. I was always like, nah, never mind. <laughs> Then we got our friend Ron that somehow is like a friggin' prod- uh, uh, like a, a prodigy at throwing a football. Have you ever seen Ron throw a football? Uh, probably. I'm what sure the hell? The like he could have played football. Like it, it like twirls <laughs> and everything. Um, <laughs> Anybody? You can throw a spiral. <laughs> throwing tons Ron? of spirals. What's that? I've thrown tons of spirals before. Yeah, but Ron throws it like he fucking played. You know, football. Well, what matters is like how far you can throw it. I'm telling you, you're underestimating yeah. Ron. Ron's really oh, I good. I believe you. I believe yeah. you. Um, why are they not teasing him and calling him stupid or something? Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Because Joe, because Greg is taking this like, well, you have two options. You can take the honest route. No, no. The old school episodes, like they'd be like, you dumbass. The hell did you tell people that for? Yeah, good luck getting yourself out of this one. It'd be like those kind of things. But now they're like, well, let's sit down, Bobby, and let's tell. Well, you really, honesty is the best policy. What are you talking about? Like. That's not the it's way they treat like, him. It's almost like he matured. <laughs> well, that, or it's almost, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. I just think it's more of like a, I thought it was pretty realistic. So, cause you know, like kids are like, they say stupid shit to their friends or whatever. And like, right. and let me guess you did this. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there, done that. All right. Here's how you got to do it. So just do this and you'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I took it. So <sighs> fucking George Washington. <laughs> Peter has an obsession. (sighs) 
<laughs> I'm surprised they didn't bring up a Benedict Arnold reference too. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, anyway, that's funny. Mm. Scene four. Next, we see Cindy in the living room on the phone with one of her friends. She says, "Oh, that's awful." <laughs> <laughs> That's really awful. Just then we see Bobby come down the stairs looking worried. Cindy sees Bobby and says, listen, I got to go, Barbara. Bye. And she hangs up the phone. She walks directly over to Bobby and says, you want to hear about a big problem? Bobby <laughs> says, I've got my own problem. Cindy adds, this is, this is your own problem. <laughs> Bobby puts his hands on his hips and asks, is it about Joe Namath? Cindy says, yes, Barbara's brother, Eric, and his friends told all of their friends about him coming over to here for dinner. Bobby <laughs> sighs and says, by this time tomorrow, it'll be all over school. Cindy says, I don't think it'll take that long. And she walks off up the stairs. Bobby still standing there alone, shakes his head and says, my entire life's ruined. And I'm not even in high school yet. Mm. And he walks off. Damn. So all those kids just think they're going to come over for a fucking dinner? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I Didn't mean, you hear? Come over the Brady's are inviting the whole freaking school over to house for dinner. Like, what? <laughs> You're not coming over. <laughs> right. Uh, scene five. Moments later in the den, Bobby tells Mike and Carol about his pickle. Mike <laughs> says, Sorry. well, how could you say a thing like that? Bobby says, well, I just opened my mouth and it came out before I could stop it. Oh, I thought you were going to do the Boyne's World reference. I just opened my mouth and out it came. <laughs> I just did the line, however he said it. So. <laughs> and Carol adds, that's why you always swallow it, son. Wow. See, so the timing <laughs> was messed up because you... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. When you want to start over again? No, that's... Uh, and Carol uh, was like... Mike, do something. Sorry. Sorry. Carol actually says, uh, we don't even know Joe Namath. <laughs> she actually turns to Mike, do we, Mike? <laughs> Mike confirms, no, we don't. <laughs> he turns back to Bobby and says, it looks like you bent the truth a little bit there. Bobby says, bent it? I made it into a pretzel. <laughs> Carol asks, well, Bobby, how do you intend on straightening it out? Bobby says, I was planning to phone the guys and explain. Mike says, no, that's a step in the right direction. Bobby says, but it's too late. It's all over town by now. Mike thinks for a second and says, well, Bob, I wish I knew the man, but I don't. Bobby says, well, thanks anyway. And he exits with his head down. Mm, poor Bob. <laughs> Carol <laughs> looks at Mike with concern. Mike picking up her hint, he says, Honey, he's got to learn that when you bluff, somebody may call you on it. Carol puts her needlepoint down and walks over to Mike and says, Mike, honey, <laughs> we could try to help him, couldn't we? <laughs> and when I say we, I mean you. <laughs> Mike We're has, the Bradys, Mike. <laughs> we have celebrities over here all the time. Yeah, and celebrities always come to our house because we're stupid and get ourselves in a bind. <laughs> Mike asks, How? Carol says, well, we've never had any trouble getting... Oh, I did put that joke in here. <laughs> Carol says, well, we've never had any trouble getting celebrities in our house before. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we've, had, we've had Desi Arnaz Jr., Davy Jones, Don Drysdale. 
<laughs> Carol goes on and says, no, she actually says, um, uh, well, why don't we invite Joe Namath to dinner? Mike says, well, that's an excellent suggestion, but what minor flaw? We don't know the man. Carol, who is completely out of touch, says, I'll bet if you really tried, you can think of somebody who does know him. Mike thinks for a second and says, well, let's see. Say, Howard Cosell knows him. Carol lights up and says, there, you see? There's your answer. Mike looks back down at his book and says, well, I don't know Howard Cosell. Carol gives him the evil eye. Mike laughs and says, well, I don't. Yeah. Well, first off, Carol has the ugliest necklace on in the scene. They're oh, like now weird, you're clothes again? Yeah, weird blue, like, puka shells or something. I don't know what they are, but they're really ugly. Um, Mike's shirt. My shirt was really what got me looking at the clothes in the scene. And I feel like I failed the listeners last week by not noticing, you know, outfits. So I'm trying to pay more attention to outfits. This, this. <laughs> yeah. But um, my Mike's shirt reminded me of a shirt my brother Ken had when I was like in kindergarten. And this would have been in like 78, 79, somewhere on there. And um, it was the same like cut and shape of Mike's shirt. But it had yeah. a bunch of like... The pattern was a guy riding a dirt bike, like all over. <laughs> there was a bunch of the same image of a guy riding a dirt bike all over the shirt. And I used to think it was like the coolest shirt ever, but it had the big butterfly collar and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just, I just wrote Carol is just completely out of touch. She's, she's got to be the the most spoiled wife in the history of spoiled wives, because like she honestly thinks you, but honey, come on, honey, you can get Joe Namath in here if you want to. Like, really? It's okay. You don't have a job. You have a maid and you don't have a job. You can go shopping seemingly whenever you want. When you go on vacation in Hawaii, your husband apparently has to go down and buy freaking coral for you. Cause you can't seem to get off your ass and go down there yourself. And then to top it off, you're getting pissy because your husband doesn't know Joe freaking Namath. Really? <laughs> God. <laughs> yep, that's Carol Brady. Hell yeah. Catch <laughs> of the century. All right. Scene <laughs> six. <clears throat> In the living room, Bobby sits on the couch and is dialing a number on the phone. As someone picks up on the other end, Bobby says, Hello? Is this the stadium? <laughs> May I speak to Joe Namath, please? Can I leave a message for him when he gets in? Tell him tell him to call Bobby Brady at 555-6161. Right. It's very important. Thanks. And he proudly hangs up the phone, smiling. He's hmm. got it all figured out. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Just sit back and wait. Damn right. <laughs> all he's got to do is make a phone call. And Joe Name is going to come running. Because it's important. Um, so, like you, you, you make quite a bit of phone calls in your daily life. <laughs> yeah. How many times do you grin at the phone like you accomplish something every time you make a phone call? Every single time I hang up do the you? phone. I'm okay. Like, All right. I just want to see if that worked. So I'm proud. So, so every time you do that, you make a sale, right? 
Um, like when you remember to do that, that automatically you make a sale, right? Like it, it makes the it makes it work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm right, just making sure. Okay. Yeah, if you're proud, <coughs> you have pride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Nailed it. <laughs> Stop moping around. <laughs> I couldn't remember what that one was. It was a label. It's been bugging me since we started recording. All right. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what that one was. I don't know. <laughs> I should have I should have did that when you were telling the story about your leg. I should have been like Oh now it's not do, doing it. I should have been like Stop moping around. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Scene seven. seven. Later in the family room, Alice is standing still as Jan is wrapping ace bandage around her whole body. Mm. Alice says Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's not meant to it's not that kind of mm, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, when, hmm. when you get to my head, leave a little peek hole so I can find my way back to the pyramid. <laughs> Marsha, who is sitting on the couch watching, laughs and says, anybody who needs that much bandaging isn't worth saving. Jan, while continuing <clears throat> to wrap bandages around Alice, says, the manual said that in case of a double compound fracture in both arms, the victim must be completely immobilized. <laughs> Alice says, well... You do me a favor the next time you ask me to volunteer for something. Will you immobilize my big mouth before I can answer? Marsha laughs and gets up from the couch and says, well, I got, I got to do my homework. Alice says, come back soon. Visiting hours from seven to nine. Jen says, well, I've run out of bandages. Promise you'll stay put. Okay. Alice says, cross my heart. If I can reach it. Hmm. <laughs> Just then, the phone rings. Alice looks over at it, realizing she can't answer it because she can't move. Surely someone else in the house will answer it. I guess not. Alice walks over and knocks the phone off the receiver with her chin. A little boy can be heard on the other end saying, Hello? 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 But the phone is dropped on the floor, and Alice gets down on the floor and puts her face up to the phone and says... Brady residence. Bobby's friend Eric is on the other line and says, can I please speak to Bobby? Alice sighs and says, hold the phone. She then yells at the top of her lungs, Bobby! Telephone! Bobby comes running in and sees Alice lying on the floor and he simply asks, is it Joe? <laughs> <laughs> then realizes she's on the floor and asks, what are you doing down there, Alice? Alice says, Hit and run Florence Nightingale. Bobby just jumps over Alice, picks up the phone, and deepens his voice and says, Hello, this is Bobby Brady. <laughs> Eric says, Hello, this is Eric. I just heard on the radio that Joe Namath got into town today. Has he called you yet? Bobby says, No, but I got a call in for him. <clears throat> Eric says, Be sure to let us know when we can meet him. Bobby says, Oh, sure. But listen, Joe might be trying to call me right now. I better get off the phone. Bye. And he hangs up. He jumps back over Alice and says, See you later, Alice. Alice yells out, Bobby, help me up. <coughs> Bobby looks at her and says, Well, I don't think I can lift you, Alice. Damn. <laughs> Alice <sighs> says, Then don't lift me. Unwrap me. Bobby smiles and gets it on the floor and begins to unwrap her. With his teeth. Mm. Yeah, I should man. I should have had that romantic music on this. Like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
um, a double compound fracture? Like, is she training to like to search for avalanche victims or something? What the hell is she doing? <laughs> a double know. compound fracture? What the fuck? Why would you teach that to a kid? I don't know. It's a possibility. Like, yeah, two different arms having bones sticking out. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you like fall, like I guess, but hopefully a kid's not going to be the only one around <laughs> to help. <laughs> um, uh, Jan just left the room. Yeah, and her and Marsha are going to their room. Yeah, and in the living room there is a phone sitting. In it. She she really don't hear that fucking phone. She knows that she just wrapped Alice up. <laughs> You say, is he questioning why nobody answered the phone? Yeah. Like, why did Alice have to answer it? The kids are, the kids obviously are around because they just because left. Because the maid answers the phone. The, phone. the maid right. answers the phone. But she just wrapped her up. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> um, but also, I thought it was funny because Alice, like, straight up rolls her eyes at the little kid. <laughs> when she sighs, she, like, straight up rolls her eyes. I'm like, oh, damn, Alice is getting attitude. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so I guess that was the first time Alice is a mummy. <laughs> oh, the first time that was a stupid joke. <laughs> scene, <laughs> scene eight. Up in the girls' room, the girls all sit around. Jan asks, "Oh, Cindy, can I borrow your foot?" Cindy sits on the bed and says, "Sure, which one?" Jan jumps off the bed and kneels down and grabs her foot. She says, "Doesn't matter." I'm getting really good at this. She pulls Cindy's shoe off and begins to wrap it. Why would she wrap her shoe? <laughs> her foot. <clears throat> Marsha, while sitting at the desk doing homework, says, wow, what a guy. Jan asks who? Marsha goes on, Mike Connors. Jan adds, he's far out. <laughs> Marsha goes on, listen to what he did. There was a sick little girl in the hospital who wrote to him saying how much she wanted to meet him. And he went 1200 miles out of his way just to visit her for five minutes. Jan asks, just because she was sick. Marcia says, yeah. Cindy begins to think and says to herself, just because she was sick, huh? <laughs> Hmm. Because she was sick, eh? Hmm. <clears throat> and then she was doing this, like yeah. tapping her fingers together like an old timey <laughs> villain. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a different angle into the girls' room. I noticed that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they chose that, but yeah, it's cool. Uh -huh. So I didn't know who the hell Mike Connors was. Did you? Nope. Okay. So Mike Connors was an actor who famously played private detective Joe Mannix in the CBS TV show Mannix. Oh, yes, I still know this. <laughs> so. um, I, put, <laughs> I put on here, damn, I don't know what's higher, Barry Williams or Cindy's socks. <laughs> her socks came up. They were like, God, I don't know. Like they came up past her knees. It's like, what the hell? Like you're wearing bell bottoms. Why do you need socks so damn high? <laughs> you ain't playing soccer. You ain't got no pads down there or anything. Um, and also, how did Marsha's hair suddenly get so long? Well, I mean, like, all of a sudden, her hair's like down to like, her waist. Just came off a hiatus. See. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I just I didn't notice it last week. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Weird. All right, scene nine. Later, it's night night time, and everyone is fast asleep except Cindy. <laughs> 
She sits up and gets out of bed. She sits at the desk, turns on the lamp, and pulls out some stationery. She begins to write. Dear Mr. Namath, my name is... No, sorry. My name is Bobby Brady, and I'm 12 years old. I'm writing to you because I'm very, very sick. The one thing I'd like more than anything in the whole world is to meet you in person. Oh, man. But she's not Bobby. <laughs> oh, well, yes, yeah, she's writing it for Bobby. I don't think she's 12 either. Well, see, the she's thing not is. sick. <laughs> thing is, she's Bobby can't write this note himself. He's a boy, first That's of true. all. That's true. That's a girl's job to write, like, on stationery. That's true. Well, plus, if Bobby wrote, let's be honest, if Bobby wrote it, Joe Namath wouldn't yeah. be able to read that shit. <laughs> like, what does the note say? I, I don't know. I have no clue what the hell this says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> something about a dick and, and Mr. Namath and something about 12 years or something. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah but i found it kind of strange that nobody woke up when she turned the light on yeah that was pretty bright like yeah. <laughs> lit up the whole room <clears throat> you would i mean in any other episode like if she was sad about something and she turned that light on marsha would yeah. be like cindy what's the matter you know just having the light <laughs> right. on would wake her up but apparently <laughs> you can get up and write a bunch of shit and and have noisy papers and shit like that and doesn't wake anybody in the house up. Normally, Alice would come up, did I hear some paper? Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought I heard pencil scratching on paper up here. So, right. sorry. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So, this is where we take our next break. <laughs> hey, folks. You write my paper? Uh, I'll stop. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. So, Bobby has quite a pickle. And Cindy is making the pickle get larger and larger. <laughs> will he make this pickle go away? Or will he drive it in deeper and deeper? Mm. We'll be back. Hell yeah. Coming in the fall of 2022. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy, especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, his world begins to crumble, and you can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now where you can read about the inspiration for the new book. Watch the teaser trailer. Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall by Stan Bush.
and a fall. See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters. And sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great, coming in the fall of 2022. And we are back. That was a good break. That was a good I totally break. understand why you didn't want to try to do anything with your leg hurt. I'd get yeah, it. I'd I'm get not going to be doing any flippies or anything. No, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, that, that break was kind of boring. But that's okay. That's all right. Let's, you know, Sorry. I guess I don't have to see you do gymnastics. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> that's cool. Let's get back into this. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, it's kind of like... It's a little bit like the the whole garden hose thing was kind of nostalgic, but I don't know how you yeah. were, but um, playing sports with neighborhood kids was kind of nostalgic a little bit too. Like I've never been that yeah. bunch into sports, but um, I had this friend named Andre when I was a kid. Um, mm. I still talk to him from time to time on uh, the Facebook and mm. um, me and him and like six other kids would go over to Andre's house and play football because he had this really big side yard that we could play football on. Excuse me. And I don't know how you were, but I loved it because, like, I was always the one that, um, like, they would throw the ball to. I mean, I guess we didn't really play positions. You know what I'm saying? So, right. I sucked at throwing, but I was really good at catching. But I kind of, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I don't know. This episode kind of brought all that back. I was like, I remember that because I remember showing up and like, I can't remember where my mom got them, but she got a set of football pads. And so I came with like shoulder pads, looked like a fucking dumbass. And everybody's like, why the hell are you wearing shoulder pads? I'm like, because we're playing football. And it was kind of unfair because I was the only one with pads on. <laughs> but did you ever play any kind of sports with neighborhood kids like that? You yeah, ever play any pickup definitely. games? Like, what'd you play? Yeah, of course. Yeah, football. Um, I used to do that. Um, i trying to think what I think it's mostly it was just football. I remember <laughs> one time uh, I'd gone up north and I was hanging out with my cousin. Um, me and him are like the same age pretty much. And, uh, we, you know, he was always big into sports and stuff like that. And he Mm -hmm. was like, um, Hey, let's go like outside and play football or something. I was like, all right, that's cool. So (laughs) we would like, basically it wasn't really playing football with two people. It was just like, I pass it to him and then he would just try to run past me to get a touchdown and I would have to stop him, you know? So (laughs) it was a lot of like me, like just hanging on to him. (laughs) As he ran. <laughs> it was not like he was much bigger than me. We were like the same size, but he just plays sports and he knows how to like, <laughs> like, and he would do a lot of like high knee running, which is pretty effective when you're trying to get people away from you, which I found out the hard way. Why were you looking at his <laughs> butt when he was running? <laughs> no, his, he would raise his knees. You said high, high knee running. <laughs> no, not high knee. Oh, uh, it's your cousin, knee. man. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I took a knee right to the like, thigh and I was like oh and I fell to the ground <laughs> did you ever get your breath knocked out <laughs> I mean like ever I mean not yeah, that I got, I got tackle one time <laughs> straight on yeah. my back 
And like, <laughs> well, first of all, that happens to you like a million times when you're a kid in the eighties. <laughs> but like, it's one of those things where I got up and the only thing, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is to run away from the pain. That's all. For some reason, it's all I can think of. So I started sprinting down the street. I don't even know where the hell I was going, but I just I had to get away from the pain. I guess I'm just like <laughs> like trying to breathe. <laughs> The kids are like, where are you going? Because <laughs> I didn't know I got my breath knocked out. So, so this guy tackles <laughs> Sorry. This guy tackles me and I just get up and start sprinting down. I don't know. It was just funny. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, if you're a kid in the 80s, it happened to you like at least a couple times a week. Oh, <laughs> Every God. kid. Even like, I remember doing swings and like you jumping out of swings and then you'd fall wrong on your back. And (laughs) 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 what is that? I got laughed so hard I made myself cough. I'm 47 now as of November, so you know, (laughs) that's what happens. Oh my god! <clears throat> oh, good times, good times. Yeah, I used to, I, <laughs> it's so funny when somebody gets their breath knocked out. Unless it's you, when it's you, it's not funny <laughs> at all. It's not. <laughs> <clears throat> and everybody does the same thing, just like kind of when I'm coughing and like when the spit goes down the wrong way. People like the same way to that as they do when you get your breath knocked out. They want to stand up. You go, "Are you okay? Hey, Tack, are you okay? Are you okay?" I know you're drowning on your own spit right now, but can you tell me if you're okay or not? <laughs> oh, God, so funny. Oh, God. We had yeah. one kid in, in the neighborhood that always wanted to play like pickup games of soccer, and everybody's like, why? <laughs> no, no. You don't play soccer? Like, hell no. <laughs> All we ever played was football. We never played basketball. We never played baseball. We never played soccer. We always play football. <laughs> and we didn't even play like... Yeah. The fancy way with like first downs and stuff. We was just, I don't know. You got four tries to try to get it past the palm tree. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <sighs> oh, good times growing up yeah. in the 80s. You know yeah. it. Oh, just yeah. be home by the time streetlights come on. That's right. <laughs> well, for me, it was 5.30. Dinner was at 5.30. And if my ass wasn't through that door at 5... I remember so many times at like 5.25, like frantically, like ride my bike as fast as I can home. My mom used to be able to open the back door and just stick your head out and just do that loud whistling. And I could hear it through the whole neighborhood. And as soon as I heard it, yeah. I was like, oh, got to go, guys. Well, see, me, by the time I met you, we pretty much stayed on our street. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> no, no. We, when I was like, when I, before I met you though, we, me and my sister would ride our bike to like Levitt Park. We'd ride like a couple of times yeah. we rode, I rode my skateboard to the mall, to Merritt Square Mall one time. Like we used to ride all over the place. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Anyways, we're getting on a tangent. Yeah. I remember one time we did a walk from, I think we walked from, it wasn't Merritt Island, but it was the bridge, yeah. the Humphrey Bridge, all the way back to your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, I think I we even found, didn't we find like a weight bench or something? We did, yeah. We carried it. And well, then I, I, we, you helped me carry it to your house and then I had to carry it from your house home. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. That doesn't make my, sense though. Oh, wait, which house was I in? You were uh, on, um, you were in the apartment. Oh, oh. I was like, like, I can't deal. really come over. I got to go home. I'm like, dude, like <laughs> this thing's heavy. Um, 
I brought my daughter back there one time um, over by where Jason Wolf used to live um, <laughs> yeah. because over there, uh, there's there actually an Elm Street in Rockledge. <laughs> so I just thought that was cool. <laughs> and it's funny, like riding through there now because it's like, yeah, I got kicked out of that church car parking lot once for skateboarding. And I got kicked out of that church parking lot once for skateboarding too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that church. I got kicked out of that parking lot for skateboarding. So, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. All right. All right. Well, let's get back into this. So when we left off, so Bobby was bragging to his friends, telling them that he knew Joe Namath, you know, like a liar. (laughs) Yeah. And his friends asked if they could ever meet him. He told them that Joe Namath would come over for dinner. Mm -hmm. Only he's not. Oh, no. Now that the whole school knows about it, everyone is expecting Bobby to produce Namath. Mm -hmm. But how? Cindy comes up with a plan to send Joe Namath a letter from Bobby that he's sick. You know, like a liar. (laughs) Now, Bobby has given his even larger pickle to Cindy. What will they do? Mm. You know what they need to do? What? Stop moping around. (laughs) That's what they need to do. Scene 10. It's morning time. Good morning. Hmm. Marsha and Jan walk downstairs into the kitchen where Carol is. Wait, is that right? Hold on a second. Hold on, sorry. Holy shit, yeah. Carol's actually making lunches for all the kids. Holy shit. By herself. No, that's not right. And not once was she like, My, do something. Sorry. I'm having too much fun with that. Sorry. <clears throat> Jan says, mom, don't forget my first aid meeting at three 30. Carol says, Oh, I won't. I'll be happy to drive you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm done with that sentence. <clears throat> I'll be happy to drive you, but in no way am I going to be the victim. Hmm. Jan says, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> it says Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Jen says, Marsha volunteered to do it. Marsha says, oh, some volunteer. She wrapped a bandage around my mouth so I couldn't say no. They all just <laughs> laugh. She's like, no. Greg did that once too. No. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> then Carol shoes them out the door for school. <laughs> my, my only note says, who's the adult saying Jan's lines? Like, who's that lady? <laughs> oh, right. God, she like the so way she's dressed, up. everything. She looks like so mature. <laughs> yeah. She's not even wearing a children's outfit. She's wearing something like Carol Woodwell, only like <laughs> not looking stupid. <clears throat> no. Scene 11. Up in the boys' room, Bobby sits on the bed reading a magazine. Ooh. Mike walks in and says, Say, at the risk of sounding like a parent, do you mind telling me why you're not on your way to school, young man? Bobby says, I feel kind of sick, Dad. <laughs> Mike reaches over and feels his forehead and says, hmm, you don't have a temperature. Bobby thinks for a second and says, well, sometimes it doesn't always show. You know, I might have a small case of malaria. <laughs> <laughs> Mike leans down next to him and says, would you like to hear my diagnosis? The word is chicken. Bobby says, like in pox? <laughs> Mike says, no, just plain chicken. I think you're afraid to face the boys at school. Bobby says, some of those guys think I don't even know Joe Namath, Dad. 
Mike says, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Bobby says, well, I might someday. Mike says, yeah, well, I think you better get up off there and head to school, okay? Bobby says, no, but I'll do it. Bobby gets up and heads out of the room with his father. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> so what happened to the boat wallpaper? Oh, did it change? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell notice. what it was. It looked like they just like glued old newspaper to the wall or something. It looked terrible. Oh, but, I don't even know. Yeah, all the all the the mm. the boat wallpaper's gone. But also Mike huh. says, um, you don't have a temperature. Mike, everybody has a temperature. Mm. <laughs> everybody has a temperature. <laughs> even dead people have a temperature. That's true. Um But yeah, the room looks so different because it doesn't have the bunk beds in it anymore. Yeah. And they redid the entire left wall. And I want to say the did the closet always have a double door? Um, like I French doors so. on their closet? Because this time, I think in this scene, they had French doors on the closet. Why would they have French doors on the closet? I think that was, it. not it like the size of a regular doorway, but they just have like French doors on it? Maybe, I don't know. But yeah, just yeah. if you go back and look at the scene, it looked way different. Way, huh. way different. Oh, didn't Surprised even notice. Surprised you didn't notice. <clears throat> as soon as the scene came up, I'm like, what the hell? But I know you're typing. And, you know, it's hard to notice yeah. sometimes. All right, scene 12. Meanwhile, down at the stadium, Joe Namath walks into an office and says, <laughs> that sounds like a joke, like setting up a joke. <laughs> yeah. Joe Namath walks into an office and <clears throat> Joe Namath walks into the office and says, hello, Herb. Any messages? Herb points some notes on the desk and says, right there. He looks around at his desk, completely covered with fan mail, and says, the way this mail's coming in, it looks like you're going to need your own zip code. <laughs> Joe, while thumbing through the messages, says, don't knock it, buddy. If it ever stops coming in, I'll need a very large crying towel. Herb says, by the way, Joe, there's this letter that came in. I think you ought to read right now. Joe says, what does it say? Go ahead, read it. Herb reads, Dear Mr. Namath, My name is Bobby Brady, and I'm 12 years old. I'm writing you because I'm very, very sick. Joe stops him and says, Bobby Brady? Wait a minute. I have a phone message from him. Let me see that. Joe reads the letter saying, Wow, poor kid. This sounds serious. He gives back the letter to Herb and says, Why don't you see if you can get him on the phone, and we can stop by after practice. Herb says, right, Joe. <laughs> Joe adds, gee, I hope it's not too late. <laughs> God, that's morbid. I hope he didn't die. <clears throat> so I said this before, you know, I was actually impressed with Joe Namath's acting. Yeah, yeah. Usually athletes can't act, but, um, you know, but I don't know, he actually did pretty decent in this sign, this sign, this scene. So. Nice. How the hell did that one guy read all those letters that quick. Well, I didn't assume that he read them all already. I just assumed he was kind of going through them still. <laughs> he just lucked out and happened to pick Bobby's up out of the few letters that he read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 13. In the kitchen, Alice is plating up snacks for the kids when they get home from school. Cindy and Bobby walk in. Alice says, step right up, folks. Got your favorite goodies. Brownies right out of the oven. Bobby sighs and says, no, thanks, Alice. I'm not hungry. Stop moping around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, Cindy sits down and Alice says, he turned down brownies? That's like Bob Hope turning down laughs. 
Cindy says, the kids at school gave him a bad time. Alice says, oh, poor kid. You had to tell him he didn't know Joe Namath? Cindy says, no, they gave him such a bad time that he just couldn't tell them. Just then the phone rings. Cindy gets up and answers it. She says, hello? Herb is on the other end and asks, is this the home of Bobby Brady? Cindy says, yes, this is his sister, Cindy. Herb says, I'm Herb Keller, publicity man for the exhibition football game. Cindy lights up and says, you mean the one with Joe Namath? You got the letter, huh? Herb says, yes. How's your brother feeling? Cindy says, oh, awful. He just turned down his favorite dessert, brownies. Herb says, oh, that's too bad. His letter almost broke Joe's heart. Cindy smiles and says, that's wonderful. I mean, it's very sad. <laughs> Herb says, Joe would like to drop by today about 530 to see Bobby. Would that be all right? <laughs> you don't need to ask a parent or an adult, do you? I'll, I'll just take I'm okay with just a child saying it's okay. You can just trust that I'm really who I say I am, right? <laughs> can you give me your address so I can come over, little girl? <laughs> Cindy lights up and says, that'd be super. Herb says, good. See you then, Cindy. Bye. Cindy says bye and hangs up the phone. Cindy, who is ready to run off upstairs, is stopped by Alice, who says, hey, what was that all about? Shocking. Cindy, <laughs> Cindy looks at her and says, Wrong number. You know, like a liar. <laughs> and she runs off. But Alice just gives a look like she just doesn't trust her. <laughs> Alice, Alice, Alice. Whoa, what was all that shit about? Uh, that was the wrong number, Alice. See, that's the way she needs to handle that shit every time. <laughs> Everybody just, oh, that, that's just the wrong number. Alice be like, why do we have so many wrong numbers lately? This is weird. Um, yeah, that was my note as well. Like, it doesn't seem odd that- that they don't want to speak to a parent, like they're just they're just content yeah. speaking to a child. Like, <laughs> yeah, <that'll> work. <clears throat> That's good. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Did this child sound mature? I don't know, seven or eight. I don't know. She had a lisp. Like, oh, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strange. Yep. Scene fourteen. Up in the boys' room, Bobby sits sulking. With a football in his hand. Stop moping around. <laughs> All of a sudden, Cindy comes running into the room saying, Bobby, he's coming here. He's coming here. Bobby asks, who is? Cindy hmm. says, Joe Namath himself in person. Bobby, not amused, says, that's a terrible joke, Cindy. Although that would be hilarious if Cindy was joking. <laughs> Cindy's like, ah, just fucking with it. She ran out of the room and slammed the door. <laughs> she keeps it going all the way till five thirty. Like, no, you gotta, get, you better get. That's what you're gonna wear. No, you gotta get dressed up. It's Joe Namath coming. <laughs> should I call my friends? Fuck yeah, you should call all your friends. Somebody knocks on the door. Some old like homeless person. His name happens to be Joe Namath. How funny is that? <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Cindy says, I'm not joking. I wrote him a letter and I signed your name to it. So he's coming here this afternoon. Bobby says, wow. He jumps up and starts to run out the door saying, hey, wait till I tell Eric and Bert and Tom. Cindy yells out, <laughs> wait. Bobby stops. Cindy goes on. Now for the bad news. Hmm. Bobby asks, what bad news? Cindy goes on. You got to get sick. Bobby asks, <laughs> what? Why? Cindy says, well, the letter I wrote him 
kind of gave me the idea that you were very, very sick. Bobby asks, well, what did you write? Cindy says that you were very, very sick. So <laughs> you better get sick. <laughs> hmm. Jeez. <clears throat> ah, okay. I'm not trying to be mean. Okay. <laughs> Is it just me or does Cindy kind of look like a guy sometimes? <laughs> like, I'm no. not trying to be mean. I'm really not. I don't think but, so. Because she has strong features. She's got a strong, like, like jawbone. Jawbone. Right? <laughs> and she's got strong eyebrows that strangely are a different color than her hair. Um, and she just has these features on her where she kind of looks like a guy. Like, a, And again, I'm not trying to be a dick, but. <laughs> I guess I can kind of see that, but I don't know. She looks like she's matured a little bit. Too oh, she does. Yeah, for sure. Season. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm wondering, yeah. uh, was there a point where the actress stopped having a lisp and they had Cindy continue with the lisp? I don't know. Or did the actress never stop having a list lisp through the entire ser- uh, series? I'm not sure. It's hmm. a good question. See, that would be a question we could ask Christopher Knight and, and Barry Williams on, but yeah, they would never do our show podcast. They would never hmm. do our show. <laughs> No, because hmm. we're stupid. We are, even though we we're, were doing this before they nobodies. were. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Stop moping around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scene 15. Downstairs, the front doorbell rings. Alice answers it. She opens the door, and wouldn't you know it, Joe Namath is standing there along with Herb. Wow. He says, Hello. Alice's eyes widen with shock. Alice says, Ha! Uh, it's you. It's him. You're Joe Namath. Joe says, Right. And this is Herb Keller. Herb says, Hello. Alice awkwardly waves back to Herb and just smiles at the two of them in the doorway. After a moment of awkward silence, Herb asks, Can we come in? Alice says, Oh, yeah, please do. Joe and Herb enter the house and walk into the living room. Joe asks, how's Bobby feeling? (laughs) Alice, assuming he's referring to how he was treated at school, says, just terrible. But this is going to be the greatest medicine in the whole world for him. Just make yourselves comfortable and I'll go get him. Joe asks, can he walk? I mean, you don't have to carry him or anything, do you? Alice, confused by the question, says, carry him? No. (laughs) Herb asks, can we go up to his room? Alice says, Sure, if you'd rather. Bobby's going to be tickled to death. Joe and Herb look at each other as to why Alice is using such dark humor. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Cindy is watching from upstairs and runs back to the boys' room. Alice tells Joe that he's going to be so excited. He's just at the top of the stairs, first door on the right. Joe and Herb make their way up the stairs. Mm. And once again, (sighs) no no parents. (laughs) (laughs) No. Or even... Asks what the ailment is. <laughs> like, just, right. you know, what? What? We can take a kid's word at face value. What? <clears throat> yeah. Why isn't Alice getting Mike or Carol right. or escorting them to a child's bedroom? Exactly. You know, just yeah. like, it's Second order. Weird. If you if you get lost, just yell. I'll come up. Or you could. <laughs> you're you are a maid, right? Like, can't you walk them to the room? Like, what the fuck? Like, <clears throat> <all right. laughs> Scene sixteen. Back in the bedroom, Bobby sits on the bed reading a comic 
when Cindy runs in saying, he's here, he's here, get into bed. Bobby hides his comic under the pillow and lays under the covers. As Cindy sits beside him holding his hand, Bobby moans. (laughs) Just then there's a knock on the door. Joe and Herb walk in. Bobby continues his charade and moans. Joe says, hello, Bobby. Bobby sits up and says, hi, Mr. Namath. Joe says, you can call me Joe. Bobby Hmm. says, thanks for coming, Joe. Hmm. Cindy nudges him hard. Bobby says, oh, this is my sister, Cindy. Joe greets her. Cindy says, hi, Joe. Joe says, this is my friend, Herb Keller. Herb greets the two kids. Joe says, so, you sound a lot better than you did in your letter. Bobby asks, I do? Oh, oh. It begins to (laughs) moan until he collapses onto the bed. Joe and Herb look at each other. Cindy shakes her head and says, one minute he's fine, and the next minute he's awful. Hmm. Bobby continues to moan. Hmm. So, I mean, I I think there was a slight bit of lack of acting in this scene because I think what What? was, (laughs) I think what was supposed to happen was they were supposed to give each other a look like, because they say a line later on where they allude to, yeah, we had a feeling you weren't really sick in the room, but we don't see any of that in the scene. (laughs) So I wasn't, I didn't know that until they say that line at the end. So my note is. Like no hospital bed, no IV. Like he, there's no indication right. this kid's sick at all. But they don't question <laughs> right. that. Like they have a maid <laughs> that's not even tending to the sick child upstairs. Like none of that gives them a clue. So yeah. <laughs> so I, I figured all that on myself on my own. That's good. <laughs> Detective Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> all right. Scene seventeen. <laughs> Meanwhile. Alice is still waiting at the bottom of the stairs. Just then the phone rings. Alice walks over and answers it. Brady residence. It's Mike on the other end. He says, Alice, is Bobby there? Alice says, yes, but I think he's pretty busy right now. Mike says, just tell him I got good news for him. Alice says, me too, Mr. Brady. (laughs) Mike goes on. I finally found somebody who knows Joe Namath. Alice smiles and says, me too, Mr. Brady. Mike asks, really? Who? Alice proudly states, me. Bitches only turn up with their friends. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mike rolls his eyes and asks, how do you know Joe Namath? Alice says, he just walked in our front door. <laughs> Mike in shock says, look, I'll be, <laughs> be right home. I'm on my way home right now. And he hangs up the phone. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I would have thought that Mike's kind of BS detector would have went off when Alice told him. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I would have hoped that Mike would be like, "Wait a minute, Joe, Joe Namath is in our house." No, let me come home. Like, instead of really, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see him. You know what I mean? Like, holy jeez, well, I want to lick him. Yeah. You know, right. Why would she lie about that though? No, that's not what I mean. I mean, <laughs> oh. Mike doesn't question how the hell they got Joe Namath in the house. Like, <laughs> right, right. all he cares about is, oh, 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 Joe Namath. I'll be right home. Well, I'm sure it's more of one of those, yeah, like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I'm coming home. Like, that's when he's going to ask me, like, how the, yeah. why are you here? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> nice. Scene 18. Back upstairs, Joe is sitting beside Bobby on his bed. Joe asks, is there anything special I can do for you, Bobby? <laughs> do it. Do it. Is there anything I can, special I can do for you, Bobby? <laughs> Sorry, that's messed up. Bobby asks, could you come over for dinner one night? Joe says, no. <laughs> Joe says, no, I'm afraid not. I have to hop on a plane right after the game. Herb walks over and pulls out an 8x10 out of a manila envelope and asks, how about an autographed photo, Bobby? Bobby says, sure. You seem nice and all, but I'd rather it be of Joe. <laughs> Sorry, stupid Joe. <laughs> I wish I had a rim shot in here. <laughs> I gave you one. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, I can't. It's too late now. Yeah. <laughs> no. Bobby attempts to sit up in bed with excitement, saying, that would be great. But Cindy pushes him back down on the bed and says, better lie down. You look weaker. Bobby moans some more. Joe mm. takes the photo and pen and asks, what would you like me to say on it, Bobby? Bobby says, to my great friend, Bobby Brady. Joe <laughs> repeats back and he writes, Bobby Brady goes on. In whose house I always have dinner in when I'm in town. Herb looks at Joe and asks, you do? Joe says, whatever he says, Herb. And continues to write. Bobby continues, I'm sorry I won't get a chance to meet some of his friends. Joe repeats as he writes. Bobby continues. Like Eddie Clark, Tommy Hamner, Todd Cronin, Burt Stevens. Cindy says, give him a chance to catch up. Joe says, there, I'm caught up. Go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby goes on. And especially Eric Parker, who refused to believe that I'm really good friends with Bobby Brady. Joe <laughs> chuckles as he continues to write. Joe looks at Bobby and asks, that's all? Bobby says, that's all. Now you can write whatever you want. Joe just <laughs>, laughs. What Cindy did kind of feels against the law. Like I don't know if that's it is. For sure. Is it? So we can't do this with Mike Luke and Lane? We should totally try. <laughs> we like, should. We should write like if we wrote the letter very, word very for sick. word, like verbatim, and then send it to him. That'd be awesome. But we got to write it with like crown on a piece of paper and then sign it. A very Brady podcast. <laughs> the podcast is very, very sick. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Tack happen to be very, very sick. And we're by Together. no means 46 and 47 years old. We're like, we're like kids and stuff. We're like, however old, like you were. <clears throat> no, we right. should though. We should try that. See what he says. Definitely should. Or we could definitely we could do it to Susan Olson. Oh yeah, there you go. She's probably <laughs> like, oh, I'm so tired. People send me these fucking letters. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. All right. Scene 19. Ooh. Meanwhile, back downstairs, Alice is wiping down the dining room table when Carol, Marcia, and Jan walk in. Carol says, well, Alice, she passed her first aid test with flying bandages. Jan says, I got 10 points on the very first try. Marcia rolls her eyes and says, now she's moving up to stretcher bearer. 
Alice says, it's a day for great news, and have I got some for you. Carol asks, what? But just then, Joe and Herb come walking down the stairs. <laughs> Alice and Carol look. Carol's jaw drops to the floor. Joe sees Carol and simply says, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> then they see <laughs> then they see Marsha and Jan getting a stretcher together. Joe says, um, we barely made it before the stretcher got here. <laughs> God. <laughs> Alice walks Carol over to Joe and Herb and introduces them. Marsha and Jan put down the stretcher and run over to meet him, too. Carol says, it was so nice of you to come over just to see Bobby. Joe <laughs> says, well, that's the least we could do, Mrs. Brady. Carol says, well, you know, you got here in the nick of time. <laughs> Bobby just was about, <laughs> Bobby was just about the end of his rope. Jeez, this is some dark humor for the Brady Bunch. No. Joe and Herb just look at each other in shock. <laughs> just then, Mike walks in the front door. Mike greets the room as he walks in. Carol nervously runs over and says, Oh, Mike, this is my husband, Mike, and this is Mr. Namath and Mr. Keller. Joe says to Mike, You know, you really have quite a son there, Mr. Brady. <laughs> Herb adds, This whole thing must be pretty upsetting. Mike shrugs and says, Oh, I mean... <laughs> When you have six kids, something like this is bound to happen to one of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe says, excuse me? You don't seem to be taking this very seriously. <laughs> Carol says, oh, well, there's no reason to get upset over a problem like this. Mike asks, how, do you how did you find out about it? Joe says, I got this letter from Bobby. He pulls out a letter from his back pocket and he hands it to Mike. Mike opens it and reads it. Carol looks at it and says, Hey, that's Cindy's handwriting. <laughs> Mike reads the letter out loud. I'm writing to you because I'm very, very sick. Mike and Carol both sigh. Mike goes on, Mr. Namath, I'm afraid we owe you an apology. I think the kids are trying to pull one over on you here. Joe smiles and asks, you mean Bobby's not sick? Carol angrily says, well, he might be when we get through talking to oh, him. Oh, damn. And Joe's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no. Alice adds, he and Cindy must have cooked this up between them, Mr. Namath. Marcia adds, you see, Bobby told all of his friends that he knew you. Jan says, he even told them that you had dinner over here. Just then, Bobby and Cindy come walking down the stairs. Bobby, while carrying the signed photo, says, Mr. Namath, Cindy and I have been talking it over, and we think you should know something. He steps down in front of Joe. Bobby goes on, you see, I'm not really sick. I'm sorry. Cindy adds, I'm sorry, too. I wrote the letter. He just moaned and groaned. Bobby says, I guess it wasn't a very nice thing to do. He looks around at all the disappointed faces from his family. Bobby then says, you can have your picture back. Joe says, well, you looked pretty healthy when I talked to you upstairs, Bobby. In fact, I'm glad you're not sick. <laughs> and it's pretty flattering to have someone want to see me as badly as you wanted to. Mike says, flattering maybe, but I think you two are going to be penalized for illegal procedure. Bobby says... Yeah, but can I still keep the picture? Joe says, 
You bet you can. And as long as I'm here, why don't we go through a few passes together? Bobby lights up and says, wow, that'd be great. That makes a whole new meaning. You bet you can as long as I'm here. That means he's going to take that shit back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's time for me to leave. Picture. Um, You know, if you were if you were to take this out of context and try to describe this scene to somebody like, yeah, you would realize how fucking ridiculous this premise is. Wait, so let me try to explain it. So do you mean like Joe Namath is in the living room? Is that what you mean? Okay, so this kid has Joe Namath in in the living room because he pretended to be sick and wrote him a letter and he happened to read it and came right to his house. You know what I mean? Like it's just... Yeah. It's one of those episodes where it's like, shit, shit, shit. We got Joe Man- Namath coming. I'm like, just just write anything. Just fucking write it. It doesn't matter. Just write something. So <laughs> I'm also pretty sure he was stoned. Just saying. Joe Namath? Yeah, yeah. Why, why do you think that? He just seemed way, way too relaxed. <laughs> I <don't know>. No? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he was a football star. I mean, he can't really smoke marijuana and be a football star. Even back then? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. You know, we could get to the bottom of it. Scene 20. Moments later in the backyard, Joe and Bobby are ready to play. Joe says, okay, Bobby, here comes the bomb. Mm. Hike. Bobby runs downfield for the catch as Joe throws it. Bobby catches it. And reveals all of his friends have shown up to watch and meet Joe Namath. All of his friends cheer. Joe runs over and says, good catch. Well, listen, I got to get going. Bobby says, boy, Joe, this is something I'll never forget. Joe says, neither will I. I really enjoyed it. And it was nice meeting all of you. Joe shakes Mike's hand and says, Mr. Brady, you've got quite a family here. Mike thanks him. And off Joe goes into another part of the yard for some reason. I guess another gate. <laughs> yeah, he just walks off into like a weird direction. Like he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he might be going around towards the front of the yard. I guess. I don't know. After Joe leaves, Bobby walks over to his friends and says, listen, guys, I've got something to tell you. See, I never met Joe Namath until today. None of his friends believe him. And they say, oh, come on, Bobby, knock it off. Bobby hmm. insists. Honest. Chubby says, you don't expect us to believe that, do you? Other kids say, I'm going to tell my dad <laughs> and runs off. <laughs> All the kids follow suit and run off. Mike and Carol just laugh. Bobby shrugs. <laughs> oh, good. Bobby didn't learn a lesson at all. So no. he learns That's not that what they do in the Brady household. <laughs> if he lies, they b- then they get what he wants. <laughs> in the Brady household, they bend over backwards to fix their kid's mistake so that the kid doesn't learn anything. Um, how the <laughs> hell did all those kids get there that fast? Well, like, I mean, they, we don't know how long he stayed there to do that. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, could, would you mind standing around for a half an hour while I invite all my friends over? You know what I mean? That's kind of, you know, it's already bad enough that you lied to him to get him there in the first place. And you're going to have him stand around while you're all, all your friends get, shown, <laughs> you know, get called. Um, so yeah. Yeah. All right. Scene 21 in the den. Carol sits doing, you guessed it, needlepoint. Needlepoint, yep. As Mike walks <laughs> over and says, It was nice of Joe Namath to give us tickets to the game tonight. Carol says, 
Yes, it certainly was nice of you to give our tickets to Bobby's friends. Hmm. But why? Mike Smiling says, well, I had ulterior motives. Oh, shit. Oh, Mike goes on. Sure, you have to fight a thousand cars for a parking spot. Stand in line for hot dogs. You have to push your way through all that crowd. Mm -hmm. Carol says, so? Mike says, (laughs) so this way, with all the kids out of the house... You and I can be alone. (laughs) There it is. As he puts his arm around her, Mike adds, You got the picture? Carol says, Ooh. Well, who am I to fight a great idea? Oh, shit. She puts her needlepoint down. Oh, damn. And says, Yeah, this was a much better idea. Mike says, This way, when the game comes on television, we don't have any interruptions. Mike laughs as Carol says, Michael Brady, you are, and slaps him in the face with a pillow. Freeze frame. (laughs) That's funny. Mike, twice in this scene, looked directly at the camera. (laughs) That seems not like him. (laughs) Nope. I mean, directly, he was just like, you know, so. <laughs> he didn't make that sound, but it would have been funny if he did. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. All right. So, Joe Namath. Joe motherfucking Namath. That's what me and you used to call him when we were kids. We called him Joe MF Namath. That's what yeah. We called him, we called him Joe MFN. <laughs> Miffin is what we called. We actually said Miffin. It was easier. Muffin. I called it Muffin. Muffin. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> then we're, that, yeah. Muff. Then we we called the Muff for short too. We're like, man, we we love that Muff. Yeah. And then he would come over for dinner all the times. Well, I mean, when he was in town, yeah, you yeah. know, and they'd be like, man, did you like eating that Muff? And that's what I would say to him. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I sure did like eating I'd that. Go muff. Be like, and then hey, Tech. What have you been doing in your room locked away? Not just looking at pictures of Muff. <laughs> and he was like, nice. Yep. I want to see pictures of Muff. And we would sit around and look at Muff together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, oh, have an, I have an email to read. Uh, okay. <laughs> It'll be okay. Don't worry. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, it's been a while since I got to read an email. Yeah, right? Okay, so this one comes to us from Nick. Nick! Nick! Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon. So Nick says, Hi, guys. Hi. That's it. That's all you wrote. No. He says, uh, I love the podcast. I listen to it while taking walks a lot. And I'll sometimes nice. laugh out loud and possibly look like <laughs> a crazy person. <laughs> Nick just laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Though it can be very corny and silly, the Brady Bunch has always held a soft spot for me, and I still love it to this day. Yeah. When I was growing up, it would sometimes be a special treat if our parents let us stay up and watch Nick at Night Marathon on the Brady Bunch until we fell asleep on the sofa bed. Yeah, that fits right in with our Nick 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 Yeah, that's true. That was an accident. 
I love the running jokes on the podcast. Anytime (laughs) someone mentions Amazon Prime in everyday life, I hear it in your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Amazon Prime! (laughs) It's always fun when the Vincent Price accent shows up too. And then he wrote out, hmm, yes. (laughs) 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 One thing I one thing I think could be interesting is giving a rating to the episodes you watch. Oh, interesting. I've listened to other movie or TV show review podcasts where they'll rate it on some scale, like one to 10 or eight to F. It could be interesting to see what episodes end up being rated the worst or the best. Mm, Look forward to next season and keep up the good work. Nick. Nice. So I wrote him back and I told him your rating system is stupid and thanks for no, I didn't say that. <laughs> so let's see. Let's start right now. What would we rate this email tech? No, I'm teasing. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's start with Nick's email. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. On a scale of one to ten, this current episode that we just did, I would give like <laughs> ten being like the funniest ever, and one being like the lamest. I'd have to give it like a like a six. No, probably a six and a half because towards the end, the whole dark humor stuff was actually really funny. Uh, the situational comedy of it, because I wouldn't really consider yeah. this like a sitcom. I guess it is, but by definition, but yeah, it, I'd hmm. say about a six and a half. Huh? Yeah. I told him too. I told Nick, I was like, well, I think the rating system is a good idea, but however, we're about to start the last season. So <laughs> but, he was like, eh, that's true. But we we do want to do another show. Yeah. yeah. So that would be a great thing to start off with. And we we didn't even the mention we didn't even talked about doing some sort of a rating not necessarily yeah. with this with this with this show but for something that we're doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. But yeah, um if I wanted to rate this one 1 through 10, I don't know. It's I don't know what I would consider a 1 or what I would consider a 10. Well, like what yeah? What episode episodes. is the? Would you say is the worst that you consider a one? I don't know. It probably is one we haven't seen yet, which is Kelly's kids, which is coming up. That's is that the, the one with cousin Albert? No. Or what's his name? Cousin Oliver? No. Yeah. It's it's basically a failed pilot episode. There's oh. like all there is is Mike and Carol in the beginning, and then that's it. It takes place in a different house, different family, different everything. The whole episode is this other family entirely. I was going to say the about, wedding. <laughs> something about adoption or something like that. Hmm. It was supposed to be a, a pilot they were going to start shooting for a new show. Okay. But it never happened. See, I was going to say the wedding would be my number one for one that would outscore one. Really? Because I thought the, the wedding episode was horrible. Hmm. But like mm-hmm. the one that... <laughs> Well, see, it's deceptive, though, because like there's ones that me and you would give 10 to. And this is going to sound egotistical, but I don't mean it that way because our because us making fun of it was so funny. (laughs) So, I mean, there's ones that we find funny because we made fun of it. And then there's other ones that are funny because the Brady Bunch made it funny. So I like the 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 UFO episodes really funny. The ghost episodes really funny. But for us together, that's something totally different. (laughs) Right. Yeah, so I don't know what I would give this one. I'm yeah, six. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was great. It was just an episode, but maybe a little bit better because it had Joe Namath in it. So 
the writing towards the end was really funny. If they could have had that, if they could have kept that writing up through the entire episode, it would have been really funny. Yeah. Like tonight was one of the few times we were actually laughing at the episode, <laughs> yeah. you know, at the humor in the episode and not making fun of it. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, Nick, thanks so much for writing in. That's Hell awesome. Yeah. We love hearing from everyone. Um, Hell to the L. Well, yeah, Nick, well, you know, we had fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. No, we are not. We would also like to personally thank our producers from Patreon, because without you, this could not be possible. Mm-hmm. So we do thank you. People like um, like Jim. Jim. Yeah. Jim. Jim Larson. He's awesome. Jenny. Uh, she's awesome. Pepe. But all the other patrons out there. Yes. Um, and for everyone else. We're going to hand out some homework but, assignments. But anyways, oh. sorry, Ginny and Jim, our original OPs. Oh, sorry. We, I don't think we re- personally, we didn't recognize them individually last week. Oh, we didn't, did we? No. So I, we sincerely apologize that we just, it, it, we had been on a hiatus and we were, <laughs> I kind of felt like we were off our mojo last week. So Ginny uh, and Jim, they get a special shout out because they're the OPs. They're the ones that started it. There's the ones that took a chance yep. on us as Patreon subscribers. And so we will forever, forever be in your debt. So uh, yes, we Indeed. do appreciate you guys. Hell yes. All right. So for everybody else, we're going to hand out some homework assignments. Jenny yes. and Jim don't have to do it. They don't, they're, they're no, they, they don't even have to do it. Cause something tells me, something tells me Jim's already done it. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee Jenny has to. Mm-hmm. Hell, I, I guarantee all of our Patreon subscribers have done it already. Yep. So you Patreon subscribers, you can take a week off. That's right. Unless, yeah, unless you want to, if you want to, you can, but you know what? Yeah. For extra you credit, you get extra yeah. credit if you do it. Not even, but we'll for, give you extra credit just because. Yep. So there. Boom. But for everybody else, this is due yeah. next week. Exactly, yeah. And there's going to be a quiz. <laughs> there is going to be a quiz. <laughs> so first one is, check out the website. Yes. Go to uh, averybradypodcast.com. Second, do a rate and review on Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podchaser, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Yep. And tell two friends about the show. And if yes. you don't like the show, tell your in-laws. <laughs> Or write it on the bathroom wall. Oh, yeah, do that. And Sharpie. But you got to write it in that cool style so it looks like graffiti. Yeah. You got to do that. Yeah. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very Brady podcast at gmail.com. Also, I was kidding about writing on walls. Please don't do that. <laughs> That's the last thing we did. It's like stores <laughs> calling us and being like, uh, yeah, you guys got a bunch of people writing on my walls. Yeah, don't do that. Please. <laughs> Uh, you can join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, check out Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. It's set up so that's you, you get merchandise for it and stuff. It's not just like, hmm, I think I'm going to send these guys money for no reason. No, there's stuff available that you can't get on the, on the merch store. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and go check out our Instagram at A Very Brady Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get updates. Like if Tech's going to be late putting out an episode or if I'm just mm. having a really good hair day. <laughs> and go check out the Retro Network at theretronetwork.com. Check out our T Public store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode. And um, and I know I'm putting you on the spot and I apologize. But um, are, are, we, uh, are we close to seeing a new design? I'm still, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. I do Good things come to those who wait is what he's saying. Yeah, I know. And it's taking a little longer, but I'm working That's on okay. it. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> and most importantly, go out there and watch the Brady Bunch. And Jimmy is going to tell us what the next episode is about. <laughs>
But also, real quick before uh, before we go into that, um, this week uh, Christopher Knight and Barry Williams uh, announced that they're starting a podcast. Yeah, and it's about their time on the Brady Bunch. You know, the Brady Brothers, that kind of stuff. Um, which is awesome. That's cool because all of us love the Brady Bunch, and you know, we don't. You know, I, I joked around earlier, but we don't frown upon you know more Brady Bunch content. Um, so you could consider that part of your homework too. I think they they their first show goes live February second, I believe. Um, but I posted something on our Instagram. I tagged them in it and told them it'd be really really cool to uh, to come on the show and promote theirs. And I know we. <laughs> Compared to them, we we pale in comparison to their numbers. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the the you know the offers open, and um, if any of you would like to see that happen, <laughs> feel free to either repost ours and tag them in it, or tag them in the comment. I know a couple of people that um, their names didn't look familiar to me. That doesn't mean they don't comment on anything, but. Um, they had already done that. They already started tagging Christopher Knight and Barry Williams in it. So if you guys would like to see that happen. Um, yeah. Uh, and if, if, you know, Mr. Knight and, and uh, Mr. Williams, if you guys are listening, uh, feel free to even send us audio and we'll play it on here. If you guys want to send us a little thing to, to play on, you know. <laughs> Hell yeah. That'd be awesome. So, yes. Your homework is on the next episode, season five, episode three, Snow White. And the seven Brady's mm. Cindy talks the family into putting on a production of snow white and the seven dwarves to raise funds for a teacher's retirement gift. Hmm. <clears throat> so something tells okay. me Alice is going to be a dwarf. <laughs> something. Um, I've never seen this episode, but also real quick, since we're talking about dwarves, did you hear about the whole thing with <laughs> snow white and the seven dwarves by Disney and Peter Dinklage? No. So apparently, Disney and, and me and we're not sexist. We're not racist. We don't get into this. We're not expressing our opinions. We're just telling you what happened. Right. Um, Disney has cast, you know, the girl that played Maria um, in West side as Cinderella. No, okay. as, as Snow White. And then Angelina Jolie is going to, I think Angelina Jolie, I might be masked. No, 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 no. Gal Gadot is playing the, uh, the evil queen. Right. Okay. So Peter Dinklage spoke up and his opinion is, okay, you guys are bending over backwards to try to be inclusive, yet you have dwarfs in it that like live in caves or whatever and mine stuff. He's like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, why would you do that? <clears throat> so Disney has announced that they're quote unquote magical creatures, that they're not dwarves. Well, apparently this pissed off the entire dwarf com community because <laughs> they're all like, cool. So, you know, big Game of Thrones guy over here. He can get a job wherever the fuck he wants, but all the rest of us finally got a movie that we might be cast in and you <laughs> piss him off and make him take him out of the movie. Thank you. We appreciate that. So now I know, apparently I know Peter Dinklage has always been big on like, he refuses to play an elf. He refuses right. like he always, has always been that way. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So th there's a lot of people in the acting community that are pissed and they said, you know, you, you, you took this away from us. You know what I'm saying? Like this would have been our, our chance. <laughs> yeah. So I found that, that whole thing interesting. That's a perspective I never would have thought of. Cause when <laughs> Peter Dinklage said what he said, I was like, Oh my God. Like I didn't even think I felt bad. I was like, man, I did that. Didn't even cross my mind about how messed up it is <laughs> in this day and age to have, you know, dwarfs and have them, you know, you know, funny little creatures that mind stuff. But then when the rest of the mm -hmm. community came out, I'm like, that's, that was right up with, if you remember some years ago when they banned dwarf tossing, like oh, the first, well, you know, yeah. the news, 
the news reaction was, oh my God, this is horrible. Why in this day and age are we literally tossing dwarves in a, in a bar? But then <laughs> right. the dwarves step forward and they're like, um, some of us make money this way. Like, why are you taking this away from us? Like, we're not doing, they don't just come up and throw us for no reason. Like we're, we're employed by this. Like we go there and do this. Like, so yeah. Anyways, I found the whole thing interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Hollywood. Thanks for taking away our, our jobs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. All right. Well, in that case, unless tack, you have something else. Nope, that's it. Cool. All right, in that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tech. And this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.